Hi, everyone. My name is James Hancock with Bryson French, and we are Bible Study, the weekly Bible-focused podcast where we seek answers from God's unchanging word to encourage you toward a steady walk with him. This week, how should we address doubt? Um, we'll be covering that and, and diving into it here through a, a few few passages. Uh, but before that, I just wanted to, to give a shout out. We forgot to do this last week. Yeah, Bible Study Pod at gmail.com. That's uh, steady, S T E A D Y. And uh, we have our Instagram, Bible Study Pod. Make sure to, to get us those questions if you have any. Uh, we'd be happy to address those and, 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 you know, feedback, anything there. Just happy to, uh, to hear from you and hear what you have to say. I got to get some stuff out there on the Instagram. It's, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I need to figure out what we're doing with that. We got to get some content out there for you guys. Yeah, we're we're also kind of in like this stage where we're just trying to figure out how how this all works too. So like how how to manage and upkeep the the Instagram page, how to manage and, and upkeep the email. Uh, it, it's an evolutionary process as we're as we're learning how to go about and and work through it here. So please bear with us. Wow, did you just use evolutionary process in a Bible podcast? That I did. That I did. That might be a a, a topic that that we can cover later. But no, like we're, we're not covering it this week. We're not covering it this week. No. So how how has your week been? Speaking of the week. Oh, week. Good segue. Um, yeah. it's been it's been a roller coaster. I time is a luxury. Uh, it almost seems these past couple weeks and builds character. I'll say that. How's your week been? My week's been good. It's been, I don't know, I'm, I'm finally getting settled in for this semester. Um, That's good. Also, this isn't so much about my week, but today I I got a coffee today. And first off, first thing you need to know is I don't drink don't coffee drink. that often. I can count, I can probably count, I can probably count on both hands how many times I've had coffee. So it's less than 10. Wow. Um, and I may have messed up. This is This is probably the first time I've ever ordered my own coffee. I messed up and I didn't get decaf today. What Man, did you get? I don't deal well with caffeine. What'd you order? Uh, it was a vanilla latte, but you know, basic stuff. You know. <laughs> so if you're, is that why you're you're talking so fast? Is that if if the Probably. audience? Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just honestly, with you. like I couldn't stop shaking. I've gone to the bathroom many times. Probably will have to go some point in the middle of this episode. If you hear James <laughs> talking for an extended period of time, it just means I'm gone. I'm trying to cover for yeah. you. Here you are drinking coffee. You know, counting on on how on two hands how you can can do it. I, I I drink about a monster every other day, trying to trying to stay awake at, at work. So sometimes that's not even enough to get me through the day. So I got to work on that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, imagine what that would do to me. I, you know, it's not for the faint of heart, uh, quite, quite literally, uh, it's probably not. I guess that means heart. I am the faint of heart. Well, what, uh, <laughs> before we get distracted even more, uh, and before you have to use the restroom, uh, what, what are we going to be, what are we, what are we going through here? So last week we talked about people who are considering walking away from the faith and this as a whole, like people doubting their salvation is kind of a subsection of that. And it's a very big. I think something very big within within the church, yeah. so it, it deserved its own its own episode. 
So that's yeah. what we're going to do today. It's kind of like a spinoff or, or, or a sequel to, to dive into a little bit more depth of what we talked about and give you a, a little bit more understanding of, of this topic as as a Christian. So uh, that being said, I think you'll take you'll start us off with with a few passages. I'll or a few uh, points. I will jump in here and there as I have this, and then I'll wrap up with a story in Matthew. It seems like we're in Matthew every week, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll, like we'll sprinkle. In the, I do like Matthew. I do. I do. It, sue me, right? Uh, but uh, we'll we'll finish up with a story time there. All right. So first off, I'm going to start out by this isn't probably what I want to say, but basically creating more doubt, like creating more doubt. This is where a lot of it comes from. This is kind of a base for where we're going to start. So something that I heard, I don't know, about a week ago or so, I wrote this down in here, is if you don't like the things of heaven, then are you really ready to go to heaven? And so I was just thinking about like, how much do we appreciate, enjoy, like spiritual things? Yeah. How how are we doing in that? And if you're if you're somebody or if you're struggling with, you know, oh, I don't want to go to go to church. I don't want to read my Bible. I don't want to have to pray. Like those types of things, like heaven, paradise. That's what we really want, isn't it? So I don't I don't know. It seems like you don't want to go to paradise. Or you're not ready for paradise. And I think we all struggle with that. That doesn't just yeah. that doesn't mean you're doubting your salvation alone. You know, that fact, something we all probably struggle with, but it's just something to keep in mind uh, growing spiritually, but that's kind of where I wanted to start this discussion. Um, another thing, really, for me at least, and I think a lot of other people listening probably, growing up in a Christian home, you kind of like know the terms, you know how to play the game, if you will, but well, the, the right real question is, exactly, the real question is though, did you embrace those things? in your heart, in your life. So of course you're unsecure of your your salvation if you've never done that in your life. If you're just going through the motions, then of course it doesn't feel real. If you haven't personally embraced it and purposed it in your heart, then yeah, it makes a lot of sense that you are where you are, that you went through what you went through. Um, So that's just kind of like the starting point there. That's not like the answer, but that's kind of what I wanted to start with. So when discussing this, the first actual point that we need to address, and this is if you're talking to somebody who's doubting their salvation, or if you are somebody somebody doubting their salvation, the first thing you have to find out is, are you saved or are they saved? Now, we went through this whole thing last week, can't lose your salvation, and how do you figure out if somebody's saved or not? Because you can't know their heart, that type of thing. Right. But it is important for us to help them come to that discovery. And if you're the person doubting your salvation, then that's kind of like the whole point of this discussion is figuring out if you're actually saved or not, right? So we have to be able to help them come to that conclusion. So we're going to start off with how do you get saved if you are not? So hey. we're going to start with the Romans road. Good old Romans road. So we're going to turn to Romans 3.23. This is kind of like a core understanding of the belief to become a believer. Yeah, if you are learning how to also approach people and and show people points in the Bible uh, about how to be saved and, and kind of the nature of it, just focus in on these. 
So Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the basic point of that is we are all sinners by nature and by choice. So then we turn to Romans 6.23. I don't know why I have to turn to these, but I want to make sure I get them right. So yeah, Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we receive eternal life as a free gift. That's point number two. So we are sinners by nature and by choice. We receive eternal life as a free gift. Then Romans yeah. 5, 8. I'm on the phone today. Didn't oh. bring the physical Bible <laughs> over to this room. Um, but God demonstrated his own love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So God demonstrated his love for us, his enemies. We were his enemies. We hated him. So yeah. back to the beginning. We're sinners by nature and by choice. We receive eternal life as a free gift because God demonstrated his love for us. And then let's turn to Romans 10, verse 9 and 10. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart of a person believes, for with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses resulting in salvation so we must trust and surrender to jesus our lord it's back to the beginning again we're all sinners by nature and by choice we receive eternal life because god demonstrated his love for us and we must trust and surrender to jesus, to jesus our lord so that's that's the starting point do you not have faith are you unsure what are you unsure of yourself it's not about our works yeah. You have faith in God, right? So yeah, and and just to piggyback off of that, I I was saved at a young age, right? And I a, a lot of the times, whenever you hear a testimony, too, it's like, well, I I did this, and I was in, I lived a life of sin and and, and drugs and, and and whatnot beforehand, and then you hear you hear testimonies like that, and you're like, wow. You know, that's what an incredible change that that, that has made in that person. Well, um, I, I think also for those who are saved at a young age, I, at least, again, this is myself in my own experience. I'd, I'd like to share something with you about that. Um, but it can be easy to kind of look at your own testimony or your own walk and be like, hey, am I really truly saved? And that can cause, be a source of doubt for people. Um I have this written down in my, uh, I have a, a journal here on my side and, and I'd like to share it with you, uh, but it's about faith and confidence. Uh, so, you know, for many years I wrestled with my assurance of salvation uh, and I can't, I couldn't remember a time where I, I gave my heart and life to Jesus and I couldn't point to a specific time where I repented of my sins and asked for forgiveness and redemption. Um, you know, and, and there are points in my life where I still struggled with sin and didn't seek righteousness as, as I should. Um, you know, I was, I was deaf or wanted to be ignorant to, to the Lord's working in my life. And, uh, I would say I was still a Christian based on the belief that uh, Jesus's perfect life or belief in Jesus's perfect life, death and resurrection as, as a payment of my transgressions. If you ask me that as a kid, like, I, I believe that, but but still doubts arose. Um, and, and oftentimes it was, well, if I'm a Christian, why do I still struggle with, 
with with sin in my life and why do i i at times feel paralyzed spiritually numb to the words lord's working in my life you know uh if i am i really a christian if i feel numb and and do things which 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 cause harm and you know paul wrote about this uh you know sin leads to death right wages sin is death that like you you covered there but that's the ultimate end to it and and we talked about why would you pursue that if it's if that's the ultimate end um and i I would think these thoughts of you know you can't remember a day that you repented you can't uh when you when you put on the new coat you can't remember when 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 that happened Um, i was young right (laughs) i still believe that i was young i don't need a birth certificate to know that i was born uh but a good christian goes to church this many times and strives to do that why don't you do that too are you truly a Christian if you don't do this or long for that? And these mentalities or those mentalities, I, I believe many other people face too. And and thank goodness and praise the Lord that our salvation isn't defined by our own works, right? In actions, these doubts point to works of the flesh and, and works of, yeah, works of the flesh rather than the finished work of Jesus as a basis for, for salvation, um, and in this, I write, I was, am, and will never be enough to reach God's glory. But through Jesus, I am redeemed and made acceptable in the eyes of the Lord. In this truth, I rest my confidence. And in the works of Jesus, I rest my faith. I, I would encourage you, if you are, are hearing this and this is speaking to you, um, that you know, overwhelming peace followed from that acknowledgement um, and, and the mercy that, that Jesus provides to us. And I just want to encourage you that Jesus and, and, and nothing else, Jesus plus nothing else is everything that you'll need uh, to, whether that's living in life uh, or living a life of a, of a servant of, of Christ, or whether you're thinking about salvation and, and, and doubting that. So I, I know it's a side tangent, but it's something that that I'd like to share. And it's part of my own testimony and my own walk. Uh, that I think is encouraging. Very nice. Like not it. about your works. It's not. But what about your sin? I feel like you guys should should already know this. Hopefully, you already know this. If you don't, please like reach out to us or something. But yeah. obviously, Jesus saves us from our sin. That's that's foundational. We understand that. But what does sin do to us as Christians? So habitual sin, that's basically all I'll explain it if you don't know. Habitual sin is a habit, and it's basically something that you're numb to. You don't even like process that it's you're messing, that you're sinning at that point. And it is pretty foundational in Christian life that a Christian who has the Holy Spirit inside of him will have conviction. Yeah. And should not be in that state of habitual sin. If you are in habitual sin, you're going to have a burning from the Holy Spirit in your heart. So 1 John 3, 9, no one who is born of God practices sin because his seed abides in him and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Now, it's not just saying, it's not saying that we're going to never mess up. It's not saying that we're just going to be perfect now that we're children of God. But what it's talking about when it says practices sin, right? That's making it regular habit of actually like striving after it right um so a christian can't be stuck in sin without the conviction and burning inside him 
to the Holy yeah. Spirit, you know, saying this is wrong. Now, obviously, again, as Christians, we do sin. Just back up one verse. It says, the one who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appears for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. So we're still on earth. You know, things are still being done. We're not in heaven yet. We're not in that perfect relationship yet. But it's not possible for us to be sinless while in the flesh. Excuse me. It's not possible for us to be perfect while in the flesh. We will have sin while we're in the flesh. Yeah. Um, but now let's turn to Hebrews 5, verse 14. I put a lot of passages in here. So we're flipping all over the place. A lot of New Testament today. Now, Hebrews 5.14, be solid food, but solid food is for the mature who, because of practice, have their sense trained to discern good and evil. So this is going into the discernment. It's not as simple as I'm saved, therefore the Holy Spirit will tell me every little thing I'm doing right and wrong. Right? There is foundational steps with other actions that do take levels of discernment to, to know about, and we should strive to know the Lord better for those things. Sin has an effect on us in our relationship with the Lord, and that has the ability to cause doubt, though, is what I'm getting at. If it's tearing us away from him, right? If we're, if we're numbing the call of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit inside of us, his work is kind of the proof that we're saved. And if we're numbing him and, you know, forcing him to be quiet inside of us, then how are you going to know you're saved if you're just not listening to him? It does make sense that there would be doubt there. Yeah. So, all right. My next point, and this is, we went into this a lot last night, I believe. How is your walk with the Lord? Yeah. Very foundational here. So, there's a lot of components to that, though. So, we're going to start with how is your relationship with Him? And that's kind of like the overarching thing. So, we're going to turn to John 15, verse 5. John 15, 5 says i am the vine you are the branches he who abides in me so we're talking about our relationship with the lord abiding in him mm -hmm. and i in him he bears much fruit for apart from me you can do nothing so it's talking about the believer here the believer apart from god can do nothing but when we're with god we will bear much fruit so without god nothing with god something and that's again if you're doubting your salvation, are you just away from God? Because right. then you're not going to see any of his evidence in your life. So I hate to keep saying this, but yeah, of course you're doubting your salvation in that case because you're not practicing it. You're not seeing it in your own, your own life. Next step, reading the Bible. So we'll turn to Matthew 4.4 4 for this one. Matthew 4.4, 4, your favorite. Matthew. Yep. It says, but he answered, speaking of Jesus answered and said, it is written, quoting the Old Testament, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the, out of the mouth of God. So are you living without the word of God that comes from the word of God? How can you have a relationship with somebody if you don't talk to them? So I, I used the illustration. I was talking to somebody else um, earlier today about this and just kind of a preview of this episode and was saying that, you know, right, if you didn't talk to your girlfriend or boyfriend for 
four months, would you, you had no communication with them. What are the chances that you feel confident that you still have a relationship with them? You're probably not going to be too sure whether or not that relationship <laughs> is still there or not. It's the same thing with God. If you don't talk to him, how are you going to know if you have a relationship with him or not? Right? So we have to be, that's his word. If you're not listening to his word, then you're not going to be confident in that. Same thing with prayer, really, because prayer is us talking to him. The Bible is him talking to us. So Psalm 145, 18, very similar here. Turn over there, Psalm 145, finally make it to the Old Testament. And, and notice the, the Lord theme. is near to go. Okay. Oh, yeah. And, and just notice the theme here. Well, reading the Bible, prayer, those are ways to turn to God. And I just want to want to highlight this as you as you go through and when you experience doubt. Um, notice the responses are are turning you toward God. Um, I'll I'll touch on this later. So Psalm 145, 18, the Lord is near to all who call upon him to all who call upon him in truth. So if the Lord is near to all who call upon him, then what about the people who don't call upon him? I think it would be pretty safe to say that they're not near him. So if you're not praying regularly, then how can the Lord be near you? And if the Lord isn't near you, then it makes sense that you're unsure again. So that goes, again, right along with reading the Bible. That's that relationship, that talking. Here's another one. Does your fellowship with other believers play a part in this? So we said our relationship with Christ. What about our relationship with other believers? Hebrews 10, 25. Back to Hebrews. Back to Hebrews. It says, not forsaking our own assembling together, as it is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. So our drawing together with fellow believers is, is encouraging. Right? It encourages us spiritually. Are you being built up? Yeah. You really do need to be going to church. I know there's a lot of loopholes like, you know, oh, I don't see the commandment for it. Or I don't really need to go to church. I can just spend time with the believers outside of church. I can just watch church from home. But church was ordained by God to help us. Right. So, so if you're struggling, then why why not use it? Don't just cast it out and not use it at all. That would be foolishness, as the Bible would say. So Hebrews 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 thirteen seventeen now, staying in Hebrews. Yeah, the church is designed to 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 support one. It's it's described as the body, right? As a body, yeah. and so each of the each of the people within that body function together in a way that uh furthers the kingdom right it's the bride of christ so anyway yeah. i i could go on but uh don't want to interrupt the hebrews thoughts here <laughs> hebrews 13 7 it says obey your leaders and submit to them for they keep watching over your souls as those who will give an account let them do this with joy and not with grief for this would be unprofitable for you and so it's talking about the leaders in our church. Our under shepherds, our under shepherds are there watching over us, helping us. God put them in our lives for that purpose. Again, if you're forsaking that, then you're just 
trying to fight the battle with one hand. And if you're really struggling with that, then there's no reason to put yourself at that disadvantage. Hmm. Even if you have a healthy walk with the Lord, don't put yourself at that disadvantage, honestly. But yeah, that, that's the component of fellowshipping with other believers. But that's just the tip of the iceberg because that, that's what we get out of fellowship. What about what we put into fellowship? Does that play a part in it? Like, what are you doing in the church? Are you just showing up? Right. And I, this is something that's been really hitting on me recently because, like, that doesn't cut it. You have to go to church ready to learn. Don't just go to church thinking, well, I hope I get something out of this service. You know, not pay attention fully. A, like, that's not going to do you anything. Yeah. You have to go ready, prepare your heart beforehand, even. And then there's a component of even serving others. Go to serve others and not yourself. Bless, bless others and you will be blessed. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know, maybe this is just me having the, the mindset of a, of a generation before me, but <laughs> old soul, the mindset, the mindset that, man, I need to stop helping other people because I just need other people to help me right now. That's not, that's not how it works. You help others and that will bring your blessing to you, right? You know how many times, like, Take, for example, you know, one thing I've experienced is going and like helping widows in the church. Sometimes I think I get more of a blessing out of that than they do, even though I was going to help them. Yeah. The blessing is really almost stronger for me, it feels like. So don't forsake service because you feel like you need to get something and not give something. Yeah. So, and it's that goes for giving money too. Giving money, giving time, giving your life. Um, the the whole the whole idea here, or the whole warning, is against a a self serving Christianity. That's not that's not how the church is designed. That's not how how we should be as believers. And it's a mentality of what's in it for me, right? Uh, should, am I doing these things because, you know. Uh, I'm I'm following Jesus, or am I doing these things because I'm following myself and I want I want to be served, right? I go to church so I can be served, right? And and you can get instruction and you can you can be be edified through the message, but I guess to the end of that is it, it goes back to the Great Commission. You know, we're supposed to be disciples who are making disciples who who take that information and spread that and share that with the world around us. Um, so don't let it just stop at you. First Peter 4.10 and Proverbs 11.25 are two more verses that you can throw in on that one. If you want to, if you want to study that further. And that's a, that, I feel like we could have a whole topic discussion on that. Cause that's something that I've been thinking about a lot recently, but yeah, service. I think we, we discussed that not that long ago in the Bible study too, but yeah. not on the podcast. We already discussed habitual sin, but I want to take a, a moment. I should have categorized this better, but unconfessed sin. Should have put this up with the habitual sin, but they are separate. So maybe it's a good thing that they're farther apart from each other. Unconfessed sin. What effect does that have on us? So turn to Proverbs 28, verse 13. I like some Proverbs. 28, 13. He who conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he he who confesses and forsakes them will find compassion. 
So you can't prosper without confessing what you know you're doing wrong. Yeah. Again, this is again, you're trying to fight a battle with one arm tied behind your back if you're trying to do this. If you're unwilling to give something to Christ, if you're un unwilling to surrender, then you're not going to have a strong relationship with him. It, it just goes back to that whole point of that idea of repentance, right? Whenever you look at repentance, uh, there's a a self-awareness and a self-acknowledgement in, in that salvation, salvation message that we are not enough, right? Our works and what we do can never... Uh, amount to the glory of God, right? There's a self-awareness in that. And repentance is acknowledging that part of it. And, and also it's turning from it. Repent means to turn, right? To turn from that. Um, and so I think that's a good point to add on to the whole confession is while well, you're you're kind of acknowledging that, right? You're confessing that as, as wrong um, and with the idea that you will turn from it and grow in that through repentance. Um, so the conclusion for my part, and this, a lot of what I just went through, you may be thinking, well, yeah, that's beneficial if I actually am a believer, but what if I'm not a believer? What, you know, what if I'm doubting myself, my doubts are right, that I don't have that relationship with the Lord. So if, if you do what we're saying, if you try to do these steps to, to form that relationship or regain that relationship with him, but you actually aren't saved as you dive into the word of God and you try to build that relationship with him, God's going to reveal it to you. It's going to be very plain and simple. If you're not saved, it's going to be very apparent to you. If, if you legitimately turn and try to form that relationship and that relationship isn't there, then God's already laying that burden on your heart. He's just going to reveal the fact that, Hey, you need to make this right now. So, again, don't worry about that doubt as you're settling in and being like, well, this is only good if I'm actually saved. Yes, those things will work if you're saved, but if you're not saved, then when you do these things, it'll reveal that you're not saved. It'll be clear to you. I can't really explain how it's clear to you, and I have, I'll give a story as to why, but it will be clear to you. You'll know to get saved, and then you can take that action again where we started the Romans Road those things and then then you can form that relationship with him now my story behind that is i was again a different friend that i was talking to previewing this episode we were exchanging testimonies and for me like i doubted my salvation but i came to the conclusion that when i strengthened my walk with him that i was saved and that i just had a weak walk with him mm -hmm. and i didn't really know anyone who had that doubt of salvation and then went through that and came out as, oh, I'm actually not saved. And I talked to this guy and he was like, yeah, I was doubting my salvation. And I went to church and heard this message. I think he said it was first John one. And he started trying to dive into the word and gain that relationship with Christ. And it was so apparent to him that he just was not saved. Hmm. He couldn't deny it. And so I can't explain it, but I, I heard, you know, it's there. I know it's there. So that's my relief to you there, that no, no matter which side of this you're on, if you actually take these steps, you'll find out where you are. Now, Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 8. I'm going to dive a little deeper into this than what you would probably, and that says, 
Trust in the Lord. We know we know the first part of this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. So to start off there, I'm going to go through verse eight here in a minute, but that's the apparent, the, the apparent thing there is if you acknowledge him, if you seek the Lord, he will make straight your path. He will make it apparent to you where you are. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Right? So if you're in this position of doubt, one way or the other, your body is in need of healing. Your spiritual body is in need of healing. And turning to Christ, seeking him, will be the refreshment to your bones and to your body that you need. The healing to your body, the refreshment to your bones. That's what I pray for you guys, that if you're going through this, I pray that you would go through these things and experience that there at the end, you know, that you would you would turn away from evil and that you would seek the Lord and find the healing for your flesh and the refreshment, healing for your flesh and the refreshment for your bones there. Yeah. And, and like we said, all throughout what it's, you know, seeking, continuing to seek, continuing to pray. Um, in search for for God and that truth, and and it will be revealed to you. I want to carry that through to the the next portion here, where we'll have the the story of John the Baptist, um, and and so I just want to point out that all that 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 you mentioned there points toward Jesus, right? In one way or another, confessing sin, reading your Bible, praying fellowship with other believers in one way or another that all points to one one person at the end right points you toward jesus and so that's the theme that i that i harked on at the beginning um, and, and want to continue here through john the baptist so uh, we'll, we'll be in matthew 11. i i remember reading this and remember thinking about it but not thinking about it too briefly but if you're looking for for somebody who doubted uh jesus look at Look at John the Baptist, right? Um, it's hard to hard to remember, or it's easy to forget. You decide. Uh, but here we go. So in Matthew eleven, uh, now when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, "Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another?" And, and Jesus answered them, go tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear and the dead are raised up and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. He, This is he of whom it is written, uh, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there is arisen no one greater than John the Baptist, yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And that ends in, in verse uh, 11. But I, I read that all the way through just so you can process and you can digest it. We'll, we'll, we'll break into it here. Um, but you're, you're looking at this and, and you read, are you the one who is to come or, or should we expect someone else? This is, this is John 
questioning if Jesus is the one we should expect, if he's the Messiah. And, and you look at it and you think, wow, hold on a second. It's the John the Baptist, the John the Baptist who, who baptized Jesus. At, I mean, his it's in the name, John the Baptist, who proclaimed Jesus the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. The same John who leapt in his mother's womb upon hearing the news uh, of Jesus. So it's it's the same person. And yet he's in prison and he's sending messengers to Jesus saying, are you who you say you are? Or should we expect someone else right, to, to step up? But uh, to understand this a little bit more, to add a little context, you know, he's writing this from prison. And, and that's a familiar theme, if you remember last couple of weeks' episodes. I think to get the idea across of why he's in prison, let's look at Matthew 14. I do have the physical Bible here, and it's just a few chapters away. But it still does take time to turn pages. So, especially I just realized I was on mute, but I was going to say I like the sound of the pages, so it's fine. Oh, you like it? It's, it's soothing. Yeah, it's even, I'm trying to like navigate it to where I have like the microphone in front of me and try not to capture as much page turning. But hey, you might have convinced me. I'll just page turn loudly. Just hold it right in front of the mic exactly. <laughs> as I turn the pages. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to take an Instagram poll to see if, if the listeners like that. Is the is That's, page turning soothing? That's some of yeah. Uh, let's see, death of John the That'll Baptist. Give you something to do on the Instagram. It, it, we problem solved. Problem solved all through page turning. <laughs> what happened? The I'm power of of reading your Bible, right, and turning to, in the pages. So, at that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard about this. Is fourteen chapter fourteen one. Uh, at the time, Herod the Tetrarch heard about the fame of Jesus, and he said to his servants, "This is John the Baptist." He has been raised from the dead. This is why miraculous powers are at work in him. For Herod had seized John and bound him and put him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because John had been saying to him, it is not lawful for you to have her. So John is in prison because he's standing up against Herod and he's saying, hey, you know, you are having an affair with your brother's wife and that's wrong. And that's why he puts him in prison. But in in this prison circumstance, right? We saw last couple of weeks, the proclamation of Paul was that regardless of my circumstances, I will continue to, to uplift the gospel as the, the ultimate uh, concern here, right? Advancing the gospel is more important than, than this life. And uh, he trusted in, in the Lord there. Uh, we see a different side of that prison uh, prisoner mentality in John. John looked at prison and, uh, well, he saw he's in prison and he asks, he sends his messengers to ask Jesus, are you not who you who you say, or, or are you not the one that, that was that was prophesied? And I, I just want to encourage you not to base your faith and your hope on your surroundings. We've talked about that. If you want to hear episodes about that, look at Philippians 1, look at Philippians 4, Secret to Contentment, those are good episodes to, to reference there if you want to get a more in-depth understanding of what we're talking about here. But if you do base your hope in, in your circumstances, you know, it's all fine and dandy whenever things are doing great. But whenever things start to turn south, you might not find yourself in prison. But when things start to turn south and things go wrong around you, well, you, you will struggle. You're going to struggle with doubt when times get hard. But even in his doubt, notice what John did. 
he sought Jesus. He sent his messengers to Jesus. He didn't run from Jesus. He ran toward Jesus. And Christian, if you have doubts, don't run, but but pursue, pursue Jesus. And why? Because look at look at Jesus's response to that. He answers. Look, he. It's not just oh, you know, Jesus, are are you, are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? But but Jesus's response is that of a person who is compassionate. Look, he says. Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. You know, Jesus responds with evidence. Jesus responds with with a message <laughs> pointing pointing uh, John in the right direction here. This is actually prophecy, Old Testament prophecy that he's saying in John would understand this. Any any good Jew at the time would understand what Jesus is referencing here. But uh, I don't have the the passage in front of me. But I do know it's Old Testament prophecy about about the Messiah and, and about Jesus. So um, he answers right, and it's consistent with in in Matthew seven earlier where it's talking about seek and you will find. Right, Jesus says that if you seek him, you're going to find him, and he doesn't he doesn't rebuke John. He doesn't tell him to do this or do that, right? It's a response of look, look at the evidence around you. Look at the evidence in in your life that that points that points to Jesus and in who he is. Um, and so that's another thing I would encourage you to focus on evidence of Jesus in your life. If you doubt, look at the things that he does. Look at look look toward Jesus, run to him, and he will reveal himself to you. And look at the lives that are changed. Look at the prophecy that the Bible has to proclaim and, and was fulfilled. You're going to find answers. If you do doubt, if it's consolation, uh, even even John the Baptist doubts. And he also, also Jesus encourages John the Baptist, right? He, well, it's not encouragement. Well, Jesus uplifts John the Baptist. He sustains John the Baptist. If you look at uh, the later verses, Matthew eleven eleven, Jesus calls him, he says that nobody is greater than John the Baptist. Truly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. And so you're not alone in your doubt. Not That's not saying that it is um, necessarily good to doubt. But but you're not alone, John. John the Baptist doubt. If you look at in the next little segment there, if you look at a couple past or a couple of chapters down the road, you look at the five, Jesus feeding the five thousand. Right? How often did the disciples doubt Jesus's abilities? You're not alone, right? And and the Bible gives us examples of how we should address doubt and how we should handle a doubt. Um, at the end of the day, you know, I just want to encourage you: not all answers or, or questions. Or not all questions will, will be answered. There are things that we don't understand about God. Um, in, in circumstances, uh, if we're focused on those circumstances, you know, doubts are bound to come up. But the answer to that, the biblical response to that is turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus. Instead of running from him, pursue him and cling to him. And if you seek him, you'll find him and, and he will comfort you. He will uplift you. Run to him with your doubts, your burdens, 
and you just might find that your faith will be strengthened and you'll be sustained. And with that, walk steady. <laughs>